All right, welcome in. Welcome back to the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. We have a very intimate show here. Myself, Ryan Bally, with Corey Jason. And look at the setting. The Italian restaurant. Make no mistake, that location is in hell, owned by Gordon Ramsay, but we're here the food for is molto bene, though. A fine Italian dining experience in uh, the East Meadowlands. We're going to talk about the Giants and how they have a backdoor into the playoffs later on today. So Corey gets to hate himself just a little bit less this week. <laughs> but hey, if you're a fan of the show, wherever you're listening, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify, make sure you show your support, follow us, subscribe, ring the bell so you get notified when new shows go live every week. Make sure you go to our website, www.outsidersports.net. We have great content out there, including our power rankings for the NFL, which will come out every Wednesday along with this show. But you know where we got to start, Corey? Co-Report Weekly. And just once. My favorite segment. I would love to come to Cole Report Weekly and just talk positive news. I thought I was going to get to do that last week. You know, we had a two-game win streak, then a bye week, a very vulnerable opponent in Tampa Bay, and I was so excited and filled with joy. Then we released Darius Leonard. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. We beat Tampa Bay. Our offense looks great. We have another good matchup against the Titans this week. Now Jonathan Taylor's out a couple weeks with a thumb injury. This Did he miss enough time? Didn't he miss enough time? I guess not. But I like that they're doing the cautious approach. Go take the time off, get the surgeries, get yourselves right, instead of trying to force your way through it, because that's that's what ends up with this behind me. We get situations like that. And I don't want any more of those. This is the life of a Colts fan. One step forward and two steps back. But we keep going forward. We keep trying to. Same with the Giants right now. Uh, I mean, we love the Mannings, don't we? Yeah. Hey, if it wasn't for them, Brady would be like Thanos right now. They stopped him just enough times. Archie's loins saved America. (laughs) I want that on a flag or a shirt or something to walk around in broad daylight with that. But elsewhere in Colts-related news, uh, Frank Reich, the second season in a row, he was dismissed as the head coach of a football team in the NFL during the season. Made it a little bit farther with the Panthers this year than he did the Colts last year, but doesn't get to see a full season with Bryce Young, the quarterback we expect he didn't want, that management told him he needed to take, and then they fired him for it. And I expected much better from the Panthers. We talked about that a couple weeks ago and where I was wrong. I picked them to win this division. Instead, they're going to win the first overall pick in the draft, which they don't even get to win because they send it to Chicago in their trade-up to go get Bryce Young. Carolina's a mess right now. What Do you, you want think? some PTSD? Because Man. do you know who's interested in this Carolina job? Greg Olson, fan favorite offensive player, wants to try his hand at coaching without any prior experience, really. Replacing Frank Reich. Where have we seen this before? I couldn't tell you. Just locked that out of my mind. I just don't understand why Tepper would lie saying, you know, Tepper's the only one in the Panthers organization that wanted Bryce Young. It's a pretty poorly kept secret that Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud. Now, that three-team trade, I don't know if you saw this, Ryan, that rumor that came out where, like, the Texans were going to trade up to one, the uh, Panthers were going to trade to two, and something with – I forgot one other team was involved. But whatever it was, it was going to end up with – 
the Panthers getting C.J. Stroud, and those talks fell through. It was the Bears. The Bears were the other team. So the Bears traded out of one, which was supposed to go to the Panthers, my bad, the Texans, to one for Young. Panthers get Stroud at two, so on and so forth. Instead, the Panthers and the Bears did that whole big trade that's looking, you know, worse and worse. And it's leaving the Texans with the uh, the best quarterback, <clears throat> excuse me, best quarterback from the draft. And nobody in the organization wanted Bryce Young. How does that make Bryce Young feel that he's performing horribly and nobody wanted him other than the owner? It's a tough just, position to be in for the young kid. Poor guy. You hope that, I mean, this is, I think I saw this, with the new interim coach coming in, it's going to be the six different head coach, including the interims for yeah. the Carolina Panthers since Tepper took over. And you know who they expect to run this offense? Like the like pretty much their, their new OC? Jim Caldwell. I mean, the expectations were higher in Carolina, but now I, I want to ask this about Carolina. Given the management and how it seems they're interfering and not a very long, very short leash right. with the head coaches, you have the Raiders opening already. It's expected that Washington will move on from Ron Rivera at the end of the season as the Chargers should. move on from Staley. Likely, maybe the end of the year, Staley will get to Maybe not. Maybe they'll give Kellen Moore a test drive. What I like is, that idea. What is going to make this Carolina job not the least interesting? I mean, obviously, there's only 32 head coaching jobs like this in the world. So, the only way the Carolina job is not the least interesting opening is when all the other jobs are filled and it's the only vacancy. Everybody else has something Washington has a lot of cap space, a quarterback people like, a new ownership group that seems eager to win, right? The Chargers have Justin Herbert. Some are saying he is the young Josh Allen of the league, not a winner. Big arm and that's it. It's just one of those things where there's just nothing going. Yeah, you have the young quarterback, but he's what, 5'9", pretty much? He's not a big guy. He's under six foot. That was one of his biggest knocks is that he was that he wasn't tall. He's not making reads. He doesn't have the arm strength. You know, your third round wide receiver and Jonathan Mingo, second round, I should say, and Mingo is doing everything he can to not catch balls inbound. There's just nothing positive going on. You have an ownership who hasn't even given time for coaching staffs to really to get a foothold in everything. Why would anybody want that job? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, there's a couple pieces defensively, but without a first-round draft pick, it's, it's kind of expected now. Guys like I gotta, Burns and Chin might get moved. I have a pick for somebody who's going to take that job, but I think it's going to be the uh, worst possible thing for them, and that's Eric Bieniemy. This is going to be the one spot that gives him a uh, a place to go because we've seen him being in that coaching carousel for a while and never getting that you know head coaching job. This will be the one that he gets and kind of ruins his value. He finally escaped Andy Reid. He's doing something great in Washington with Sam Howell. He's going to get that job, and I just don't think that he's able to or anybody's able to to turn that ship around. Yeah, for if Eric Bieniemy, I like that idea, but if he takes that job as the Panthers head coach, that's like standing on the edge of a boat with a exactly tied to your legs. Like exactly, you're already starting. You're sawing off the tree branch when you're on the wrong side of it. 
Exactly. Oh man, I I would like to see him just kind of move up in Washington and become their head coach. That's where I think Belichick ends up. Yes, I I still don't think Belichick will be a head coach next year. He's still Belichick. He'll, he'll get a job. Yeah. If he wants a job, he'll get a job, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about the coaching carousel when we get to January. That'll be the last time we talk about a lot of those teams till draft season because we'll be talking about the teams in the playoffs. And the NFC playoff picture, to me, it's as competitive as the AFC. The problem is I could see any of the AFC wildcard teams, whether it's Pittsburgh, they put up over 400 yards of offense this past week. They hadn't done that in 40-some games with Canada as their offensive coordinator. The points weren't there yet, but I think we're going to actually start seeing some growth uh, being realized, some of that potential being realized in, with that Pittsburgh offense. Indianapolis, for some reason, we have a great track record against Mahomes and the Chiefs. We went into Baltimore. My point is some of these wildcard teams can go on the road and knock off a Miami. Knock they off can do Jackson. damage. The NFC wildcard... I mean, you're going to have Dallas in the fifth seed taking on, take your pick, Atlanta, New Orleans. But can Seattle go on the road and beat San Francisco when it matters? I know Green Bay just went on the road and beat Detroit, but are we going to trust that to happen? Are we going to trust the Giants to finally quell the curse of the boat picture? We did. We did. We beat the Vikings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you had the matchup of the two most fraudulent teams in the league last year. And the Giants were proved that they were the lesser of two frauds. That's true. What do you make? Because a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this AFC playoff picture, and that's starting to kind of take shape a little more. That wild card race, very intriguing. The NFC, though, it, it is equally as intriguing, even though it's yeah. lesser teams. I mean, Seattle, Minnesota, Green Bay, even the Rams, they've struck a couple solid wins, especially with the Rams are a half game out. Like, it's insane. And to me, I think at this point in the season, if you are within two games, you are in the hunt. I think it's fair to say. So on the AFC side, the only team that's legitimately out of it is New England. Because even though you have four win teams like the Chargers, Titans, and Jets, that's only two wins behind Indianapolis. That's only two games behind Indy for that last spot. Now, that's not very likely. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, seven-win teams – that's three games. You're getting to some touchy areas right there. But there's a couple teams, again, Houston, Denver, even Buffalo. I'll give it to them. Those are all teams that I think are in the race. I think Cincinnati's done. I just think losing Burrow is too much to overcome. Yeah, Vegas is fun. I think that's kind of worn off, though, with the Antonio Pierce. And obviously the Chargers are cooked. The Titans are... You know, Will Levis. The Jets, they're the Jets. You had the Hail Mary. Like, only the Jets will give up a touchdown on a Hail Mary pick six at the end of a half. And New England's actively losing games. So you have a handful of teams in the AFC that could make the playoffs that aren't in the race right now. But on the NFC on the NFC side, you have Seattle and Minnesota both with six wins. Seattle six and five, Minnesota six and six, losing to the Bears Monday night football. You have Green Bay at five and six. Green Bay could legitimately make it. You have two spots up for grabs. Nobody's catching Dallas. I think that's fair. You have the Rams at five and six. Again, a game out. 
New Orleans at five and six, game out. Tampa Bay at four and seven, two games out. The Giants at four and eight, two games out. The Bears at four and eight, two games out. The Commanders at four and eight, two games out. And you have a lot of these teams that are lurking. You know, if this was for one spot, I would be more hesitant. But for two spots, there's a lot of things that need to happen for a lot of things to go right for some of these teams. But it's not impossible. Take the Giants, for example. Their remaining schedule after this week's bye, they play the Packers, who are ahead of them in the race. They play New Orleans, ahead of them in the race. They play the Eagles, death. They play the Rams, ahead of them in the race. Then they play the Eagles, who will be resting all their starters to end the season. You know, things could theoretically happen. Is it likely? No. Do I think it'll happen? No. Is it fun to think that a UDFA is going to bring us to the promised land? Absolutely. Without a doubt. It is fun seeing touchdown Tommy bring us within an inch of having a lifeline in this race. And if we didn't have all these teams in front of us that we actually have to beat to make this run a probability, then, you know, it's again, a different story. But the fact that pretty much every game we have left are teams ahead of us, where you know you win one, you win two, you start to you start to ask some questions. A- but the Giants and Bears are fighting for that last wild card spot from a distance, but also fighting each other for a top five pick. And it's just really funny how that Bear win yesterday both helped the Giants playoff and draft pick status. They went down in the draft, but up in the playoff race. Doesn't make any sense how the NFL is running right now, but it's really fun. But you need to see a lot of mediocre teams in the NFC kind of get away from the pack. We thought we saw the Dobbs and the Vikings, right? We thought Dobbs might have been the guy. Turned back into a pumpkin. What is Dobbs? What is the Vikings? Seattle looked awful against San Fran on Thanksgiving. What are uh, what is what are the Seahawks? These are questions that need to be answered and Teams just need to figure out their identity now that we're getting into December and, you know, the stretch. Yeah, with week 12 behind us in this past weekend, that's two-thirds of the regular season in the books. So this this is the home stretch. bunch of teams on bye week this week. Like you said, the Giants are in that. Uh, the Bills, the Vikings, those Bears too. Teams that are, it feels weird to say, the Bills and the Bears, but they're both in the playoff mix. Very different ways in their respective conferences. How about the fact that the the Bills and the Bears have a two-game difference in uh, in their record, too, but two games in the NFC would be a playoff spot, and two games in the AFC is pretty firmly out right now. That's, I mean, that's the difference. I've said it before, whether it was on the show or in the column, the big difference between the AFC and the NFC is, to use like a wrestling term, it's the mid-card. I mean, you look at the quality of the AFC wildcard teams and the teams just out of it in the hunt, that like, eighth through i mean you could go all the way down to 12 13 whereas the nfc again what if they go and get into the playoffs i mean when you're in the dance you got a chance that's what i like to say but how real is that i mean for teams like the giants and the bears coming out of this bye week your playoffs start now there is no room for error even with the giants like you said playing a lot of those teams in front of them yeah it's 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 tough I think that there's not a single good team in the NFL this year. 
even the good teams like Philadelphia, San Fran, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, they have massive Achilles heels. Philadelphia does remind me of that Steelers team from a few years ago that went 10-1 and one to start the year and then kind of faltered. I don't know if Philly's going to falter, but when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts as the MVP frontrunner who's got ridiculously mediocre stats as a quarterback, but for the way the league is right now, that is still leading the league, and he's, he's deservedly so the MVP frontrunner. It's kind of pathetic how football's kind of fallen this year where it's just all mediocre from top to bottom. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to watch, but I mean, it's like we're saying, there's really only a very small handful of teams truly out of it at this point. It's literally just New England, Carolina, and Arizona that are completely out of it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this week, week 13, has a couple of really exciting games. Like we said, this is the home stretch now. We'll probably end up doing hot seat versus hot streak in the next week or two in preparation for this home stretch of the regular season as we get into the playoffs. But week 13, obviously it has a big match. San Francisco going into Philadelphia. All eyes on that one. That's the NFC Championship game rematch from a year ago. San Francisco. I mean, we saw, did you see Hassan Reddick's comments about them? Yeah. Quit the whining. Pull up. You got another shot at it. And we'll see what San Francisco can can do. You know what San Francisco's going to do? You want to know? I got the script. Spoilers, please. San Fran's going to lose. I hate to say it. Kills me on the inside. Philly's going to win. Philly's going to win, I think, by probably 10 points at least. I just I just don't have faith in this Niner team. This Eagles team is hot. This whole season's been about revenge. They feel like they got screwed over in the Super Bowl, which absolutely is not true. You know, they probably should have lost last week uh, in their matchup on Sunday Night Football, right? Was Sunday night? No, that was a 4 o'clock game. They should have lost. That was what the Bills. The Bills should have won. I mean, once you get to overtime versus Josh Allen, you you deserve the win. But leading up to it, the Eagles were committing penalties upon penalties that just weren't being called. Talk about it being America's team with the refs giving, you know, a blind eye to horse collars into, you know, intentional groundings, guys getting tackled before the ball ball gets there. Eagles did a lot of complaining. Now they're getting these calls, and they're going to make the most of it. I do think they make Purdy look like Mr. Irrelevant. It's just not going to be a fun game when they play each other. Luckily, we have the Jets that, you know, prevented the Eagles from becoming an undefeated team. That's so funny to look at the Eagles record 10 and one and realizing that one was not that he really won the game, but Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson won that game. Zach Wilson was played. He was still well. doing good. He was playing pretty well. You know, he went down and not scored good. when he had to. Yeah. He played. That's good. Zach Wilson style. As non jets fans, it's easier for us to have hope than actual jets fans. I know it personally. And as soon as Rogers got hurt, he said our season's over. Oh, poor jets. What other game are you looking forward yeah. to? The game I'm looking forward to has got pretty big playoff implications in the NFC side. And that's the Thursday night game, Dallas, Seattle. Now on the Dallas side, you have to take care of business. You can't lose another game to a team that's just beneath you. 
Dallas wants to be considered with the Phillies, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Niners. Dallas wants to be in that upper echelon of teams. Now what sucks for them is they're in the same division as the Eagles, so they're not going to be a division winner. So what they need to do is take care of business as that top wild card seed. Get away from the pack, beat the teams beneath you, and that includes Seattle. On the flip side, Seattle, you just lost to the uh, the Niners. What is Geno? What are you? Since the Leonard Williams trade, Seattle has one win. Since they traded away a second-round pick for a 30-year-old defensive tackle. It's one of those things where Seattle needs to get back on track. They need to find their heart and their soul. They need to beat Dallas. If they lose to Dallas, drops them to 6-6, six and six, it's going to be tough to get out of that hole, especially with some other hotter teams and the Rams. And they just need to stay afloat if they want to be a playoff team. Yeah, Rams have – they won the season series against Seattle, didn't they? They beat them week one and then just a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. they finished with that same record. The Rams are going in ahead of Seattle. So that's that's definitely one to watch with the Rams coming up. Um, one more game I'm intrigued in. Again, the AFC wildcard race. Denver, one of the hottest teams in the league the last couple of weeks, going into Houston. Houston maybe would have knocked off Jacksonville for the second time in their season series, but – Again, penalties, this referee epidemic we're having in the league, as well as a couple of missed field goals uh, by Amendola, their kicker down in Houston. They're both six and five right now, Denver and Houston. I believe they're, I forget if they're eight and nine or nine and 10, just out of the wild card race. I know Buffalo's kind of right in there as well. But this is huge. I mean, whoever loses this game, and if. Pittsburgh and Indianapolis win this week, that's a little more room that you have to make up some more ground that's going to be tough to to cover. It's going to be a lot of ground to cover. I just, it's just so hard to tell with what's going on. But that playoff race and the way we're getting is just ridiculous. I mean, we're so late in the season and have all these teams still in talks. I just, where did we see this coming? Did anybody see these matchups being important at the beginning of the year? I didn't see Denver and Houston. No, you, you wrote Denver Houston off as two bad teams. Yeah. I expected uh, the AFC picture. If, if I told Ryan from August when we were doing these, you know, divisional breakdowns and playoff predictions, you know, week 13, you know, Houston, Denver, that's going to be a massive race determining, you know, the playoffs. You would have laughed at me. I would have. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are, letting Russ cook, letting C.J. Stroud. It is just, it's fun. C.J. Stroud's fun. Tank Dell is fun. The Broncos are Denver. They're there. They're they're consistent. They got vintage Russ. The the turnaround has been astonishing to watch out in Denver. I mean, I anticipate the AFC wildcard race to be stacked, just not with these teams. Yeah, you expected the Bengals, the Bills. Although we all did kind of expect the AFC North to to be where they are at. Yeah. Maybe not in that order, but. I mean, the Bengals really only out of it now because of the Burrow injury. And it's so tough to predict. You can't predict things like that. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd be right there. I think most people, obviously, you can't predict the Rodgers injury. I would have had the Jets a couple games up in in the wild card race. But although. You kind of have to knock a cup. Every time you make a prediction about the Jets, you need to knock it a little bit 
for their Jetsness. I, I said they were going to win nine, 10 games. So I, I think a lot of people wanted to push them with Rogers to like 12, 13. So I was like, let's not go crazy. But obviously the Rogers injuries. So they really fall back here. And then like the Chargers, I mean, I didn't expect them to because they're the Chargers, but a lot of people, like you said, everyone loves Justin Herbert. I give him the same critique I give Josh Allen. You put up great stats, but you don't win games. Josh Allen wins regular season games. He just can't win the big games, the overtime games. Herbert, what does he win at all? His one playoff appearance was one of the biggest blown leagues. jobs ever. Yeah. Duval. He only managed 10 points on Sunday night this week when the game is, you can't have a drive, like a field goal drive when you need to have it. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah. Uh, before we call it wraps this week, Outsiders of the Week, I got Olamidi, Olamidi Zacchaeus. I'm going to make sure I try and pronounce that right. He came up, he spent time with Atlanta and Tampa Bay, kind of lost in the shuffle here, uh, here in Philly, the wide receiver. Obviously, you got A.J. Brown, you got Devonta Smith. Goddard, even though he's out with the injury, DeAndre Swift, I can go on and on. Julio Jones is there now. But Zacchaeus nabbed a – when I saw Jalen Hurts throw it, I thought it was getting picked off, but he climbs the ladder, grabs it for the touchdown. And that really – that was when you were like, Philly's going to win this game. They messed around and they're going to win this game. So I'm screaming, if you're yeah. going to win, give it to A.J. Brown so I can get those fantasy points. And they did me dirty because Eagles always do me dirty. He at least did catch. I had the Hertz Brown stack, and it was I was frustrated until that third quarter. He at least it was only like a yard out, but at least he got one. I hope your league's PPR. At least you get that extra point for the catch. Yeah, but you know, a couple touchdowns doesn't hurt. Could have been more. He had a lot of drops and breakups. I saw watching that. But who do you have for outsider this week? Normally, I feel like when we do outsider of the week, we talk typically about an offensive player. Because they touched the ball more. But I want to go defense with Jalen Phillips of the Dolphins, the edge rusher, the pass rusher, the guy that made Tim Boyle's life a nightmare on Black Friday. But I'm also going to eulogize him because he died on that field. Not literally, but figuratively, because the MetLife turf snatched another soul. His Achilles, gone. Rodgers, MetLife, gone. We've seen it year in and year out how many players have gotten hurt. And this is a new year, new turf, same issues. I say burn down the stadium, bless it with some salt, bring in some priests, call the Vatican if you have to. There's something going on there that's just just not right. It's evil. Jets should go back to you know Long Island. The Giants should be on their own in the Meadowlands. Let the world be right. But Phillips, three tackles, you know, with an assist. He had a sack, a couple tackles for loss, a pass defender, and he was in the backfield all day. I mean, Ryan, I don't know if you watched the game or not, but he was harassing Tim Boyle, constantly hitting him, QB rushes, just beating his man. The Jets O-line is very porous. He's my outsider because he really forced a lot of turnovers, and he forced a lot of quick passes, and he really stifled the Jets. I do have a question for you, though, Ryan, just away from the outside of the week. Can you name what three teams in fantasy have the highest output from their tight end position for fantasy purposes? Not a single player, but as a team. As a team. What teams have the highest tight end fantasy output? Well, I know Kelsey had a couple big games. Is he in? 
The Chiefs are number two. Okay. The I want to say the Lions. No, no Laporta. No, no Laporta. Ravens. No. Number one is the Vikings with T.J. Hawkinson. Okay. Number three. I hope you're sitting down. I am sitting. The Atlanta Falcons. I know the, that's all Janu. That's all Johnny. They have the <laughs> third most fantasy point output from their tight end position, and none of it is Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. That's astounding. Kyle Pitts. What better way to end this week's show than the Kyle Pitts, I don't know, slander? It's not love. Is it a slander if it's true? I don't think so. Kyle Pitts. Do you think Kyle, Kyle Pitts is any better when Justin Fields gets down to Atlanta next year? No, he won't be any better because Art Smith will still be the uh, the head coach. That's true. Unless he also gets fired, which imagine they 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 win their division and he gets fired still. That happened with the Titans a couple of years ago before Rabel. Yeah, but at least uh, Smith's uh, vision is coming true, where they're able to win their division, and the division's not going to get much better. No, not at all. It's probably going to get worse. But we'll end on that. Join us next week, outsiders, when we react to all this Week Thirteen. Uh, action. Like we said, San Francisco Philly, that's going to be a huge game in the playoff picture for the NFC as well as all the wild races. That one's in Philly too. They got to go back into the link. No more excuses, Niners. Let's protect Brock Purdy this time. And join us next week. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Mm-hmm.